Back when I started Deadeye, I knew I wanted to innovate the barbecue game. Since day one, we've offered a premium barbecue product unlike anything else on the market. Great Aunt Irene had something special tucked away on a recipe card in her cupboard, and there was no way we weren't gonna do something about it. So we decided to take it one step further, introducing Deadeye Superfood Barbecue Sauce. We've got five new flavors, graviola, acerola, pink guava, acai, and dragon fruit. They're the first of its kind, and they're packed with flavor. Find it at your local grocer today or at deadeyebbq.com. This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. Uh, how, how deep down do you want to dive into the Shifley gene pool tonight? Uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm open for anything. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners Just to try to get some supper in our hands Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest Green buddy murder until someone understands That it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women I make this noise just because I can And we'll all join in To that original sin So let's get rowdy and rowdy Let me give you a little advice. There's three rules that I live by. Never get less than 12 hours sleep. Never play cards with a guy who's got the same first name as a city. And never go near a lady who's got a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Now you stick with that. Everything else is cream cheese. Great game there, Scotty. Hello and welcome to another edition of Old Man Strength a podcast of the Tailgate Society. You can go and visit us on the web at thetailgatesociety.com and sponsored by Deadeye Barbecue Sauce, the best damn barbecue sauce in the known universe. You can find them on the web at deadeyebbq.com. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Mr. Chris Shipley. Chris, how are we doing this evening? I am bussing tonight. <laughs> For those of you who listened to our last podcast, where where we uh, are are two podcasts ago, sorry, where we where we were quizzed uh, by Chris's daughter and her friend Hannah, um, we have both tried to work some of of those phrases into our vernacular i don't know that it's been very successful for me uh chris uh i'm guessing you're mostly just getting eye rolls from <laughs> typically typically we had cake at the boys' graduation party and i let that fly for a little bit then, <laughs> but that didn't exactly go over very well oh that's that's funny uh yeah every once in a while something will come up and i'll be like hey i know what that means now uh but that doesn't really make me feel any better, frankly. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And I sound old saying it. I mean, it's it's so clear that I sound old. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, some of those, I, I, Caitlin and Hannah didn't even sound hip saying them. So um. no. <laughs> no. When they had to look them up, they didn't even know. So at that point. Yeah. 
ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But that one was that that one was still fun for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, how how have things been going for you? Not bad. Uh, we had the boys' graduation party on Sunday, so that was uh, exciting and a lot of a lot of stuff in the in the plans. So for that, and uh, then uh, yesterday or the day before, we got an email from their Strive Academy. They got accepted to Strive Academy, which is a uh, an extension of their IEP for uh, their disability, and they'll be able to go to. Uh, Kind of like a community college, it, um, but it, they'll be uh, staying in an apartment uh, with other kids that uh, that are on the IEP and go to school, go to job training. So they found out who their roommates were. Jordan was a little upset because he didn't get a, a female roommate. He thought for sure it was co-ed. He's going to be able to. And I was like, I don't know what shows you're watching, dude, but that doesn't really happen. This isn't saved by the bell of college years where they just move into the same apartment. That's yeah, not exactly. real life. Exactly. Yeah. Th- there was there was nothing realistic about that show uh, in any no. way before. No. no. But uh, so that's that's what we're going to be working on now in the summer. Is kind of getting ready for that, and we're going on vacation next month. So exciting times. Yeah, man. Summer kind of crept up on on me and and turned into something big we were in the middle of a two-week span of record-breaking heat i think today we we had another record for for the date for uh a temperature high uh there is air conditioning in the brewery but you're opening the garage door so much Mm -hmm. to take grain out you know yeah things like that that it is completely miserable and the air condition does not you know, like it's not in the mill room, for instance. And so that feels like that's 3 billion degrees. So I come home from work every day completely and utterly wiped out like I've been working uh, in a field all day long. So um, I'm I'm really looking forward to, to having uh, some sort of break from this heat, but I just checked the 10, 10 day and that's not, that's not happening for me at all. So uh, I might just be spending a lot of time in a kiddie pool in the backyard. <laughs> I uh, I got to go back to my office full time last week. Oh yeah, um, that's right. And FYI, wore dress shoes for the first time in probably a year, and by three o'clock, I'd take my shoes off because. <laughs> and yeah. then it dawned on me that we could wear jeans, so I, I'm not doing that anymore. But uh, worked uh, last week, three days in the office last week, and then uh, yesterday, I'm like, it's about three o'clock. I'm like, it's kind of hot in here. Like it's a little warm and I powered through it and got through the rest of the day, came in this morning and got an email from the admin that said, for those of you that are working in the office, the compressor went out in the building and uh, it's going to be uh, a week or so before they can fix it. So in the afternoons, it's going to get a little warmer because that's when the temperature starts to rise. And then I talked to her later and she was like, yeah. They said, luckily, they had one on standby. Otherwise, it would have been eight to 10 weeks before they would have been able to get another one. And I was like, so, of course, I at, at like one o'clock today, I was like, I can't do it. I'm going home. So I, I messaged my boss. I was like, I'm going home, work the rest of the day from home. I can't do it. It's hot in there. So so all excited. You've been missing the office. All excited to get back. And now that happens. Yep. Um, I was like, and, you know, I, I come home and the pool's all nice and whatever. And then by the time I get dinner made and we get cleaned up or whatever, where my pool is in the backyard, the sun goes down 
or at least gets behind the trees. So then there's no sun. It's just shady. Well, then it's, you know, you're kind of shivering a little bit sitting in that pool, believe it or not, <laughs> even though it's been, you've been looking forward to getting in it all day. And now it's all behind the clouds and the shade. So I'm like, well, nope, not, it, I'm not changing. I'm not going out there. I'll, I'll wait till the weekend. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a feeling that, that, that my lawn is going to get a little unruly here for the next couple of weeks before I spend a whole lot of time actually, uh, actually addressing it. I asked Caitlin to mow the lawn today. I said, why don't you mow the lawn? She's like, I don't know how to do that. I was like, well, I mean, you're going to have to learn at some point, uh-uh, because she's, uh, she's like, Dan will mow it, who's your boyfriend. I was like, well, first of all, do you remember the conversation we had that you shouldn't rely on a man to do anything for you? You need to learn how to do it? Well, I can get by without knowing how to mow the lawn. <laughs> oh, you can't. Is there, is there really anything to know? Like, uh Oh, you'd be, you'd be surprised. You Listen, I didn't mow the lawn at my house after I was 15 years old because I mowed it so terribly one time <laughs> that my dad lost his ever-loving mind and he forbid me to ever touch the fucking mower again. So after I was 15, I never mowed the lawn again. And every year it was either my mom or my dad and my mom would be so pissed. He's like, he's 16 years old. Why the fuck am I out here mowing when we have a perfectly able-bodied 16-year-old kid? And dad said, because if I watch him mow that long one more time and do it wrong, I'll fucking kill him. <laughs> it's not worth the aggravation or the stress to watch him do it wrong. So I'll just as soon do it or you do it. That was... So that's, I never mowed the lawn after I was 15. That That's funny. Uh, you know, my my dad, I think, still... I don't know that he mows as much as he did before. Um, I think he, he has just cause he has grandkids that live really close that are, that are teenagers that can drive over and do that for him. Um, but I was back in, in uh, Ankeny over uh, the holiday weekend and my dad's lawn looked uh, impeccable. It looked uh, amazing. They had lost a couple of trees from, yeah. the, from the derecho. And you could sort of see where that had happened, but right. it's already patched in really nicely. Wow. Uh, all the, the other trees look fantastic. And, uh, you know, my dad, my dad was uh, a, an extension agronomist with, with Iowa State Extension. So, uh, you know, understanding how to make sure something is free of weeds, you know, is right in his wheelhouse for sure. Sure. Um, but uh, I don't think he would be proud of what my lawn looks like. <laughs> um, but I did always mow the lawn from like age of 12 on. So uh, I, he at least trusted me to do that. I, I think I, I left too many gaps and I would leave strips to the lawn because I, you know, <laughs> trying to use the full width of the mower. So it was less trips and I would leave little strips down the middle of the road and he would get so mad. Yeah, my 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 dad drilled into me the importance of overlapping yes. very, very quickly. And then also changing your pattern each time you mow so that you're not getting ruts. So um, yeah, I, I, I at least do that. We just have, you know, uh, you know, we... <laughs> I have a dog and a dog does not 
help anybody have uh, a good yard. I think I, I've, I'm using that as my excuse anyway. Um, yeah, there's a few brown spots or spots where he just, our dog will just randomly decide that's where he's going to dig. Yeah. I mean, he'll poop on the other side and then walk over to the same spot and just dig his claws in. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Although like, I didn't know for the longest time that you should go a different direction for the yeah. longest time. I had no idea. Yeah, again, I mean, that was BS. That was before Stacy. Stacy corrected me of that. <laughs> oh man, I I'd shudder to think what you would be like right now if uh she had not come into your life, Chris. It it sometimes it frightens me. Oh well. <laughs> I mean have you heard the body gel story? Have I told you the body gel story? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that gives you a clue. Yeah. I knew she saved the girls as like, Oh man. Um, well, you know, speaking of, of, uh, our dads and lawn care, um, we kind of wanted to talk this week about dads since this will be releasing right around father's day. And, and we are both fathers. Um, but we also like to talk about our dads. Uh, you've certainly shared a lot of Melvin stories, and I'm sure that, that there's um, uh, a lot more <laughs> Melvin stories that you have uh, yet to share. Um, but uh, And suppressed. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> some might require years of therapy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Um are do your kids make a big deal about father's day for you uh i mean i i don't think so we we usually spend time together as a family and do stuff together as a family i know you know some people would be like oh i'm gonna go play golf on my day it's almost like i think sometimes people go and do stuff without their kids or whatever and i don't tend to do that um we typically will barbecue or something like that um but it's hard to say that it's a big deal because I, I don't necessarily think it is. I, I, although the boys got me this year, Josh found me this tumbler glass that's got three lines on it that says good day, bad day, and don't ask. And you can fill up the alcohol. <laughs> and he saw it in the store and he begged Stacy to let him buy it. He was like, totally right up Chris's alley. Oh, uh, that's funny. No, that, that's a... Uh... But um, that's a good one. Yeah, they do. How about uh, did well? Yours is you know not old enough to do a lot, but I would imagine she makes it special for you. Yeah, absolutely. So she, you know, likes to to make me something. So it's usually you know I'll usually get a, a gift that's like something we can do together, and then something that like she's made for me. Uh, I I usually just tell her all the time when she when she's you know bugging me to do things i'm like leave me alone it's father's day uh you know jokingly of course right. but uh yeah i mean i i think she gets excited for it she gets excited for, i mean she's sick she gets excited for everything so um I, and i don't know I, there's there's a couple of things going on that i was thinking maybe she and i could go do yeah uh i think so it falls in line with with uh, a party that um my work is hosting that weekend at the brewery so uh maybe we'll go do some of that stuff i, I don't know i saw i saw an ad for um 
one of the, the closest suburbs to me, uh, there's like a family festival on Father's Day weekend. And I was like, oh, boy, what dad doesn't want to spend Father's Day <laughs> at a festival? Like, right. that just sounds terrible. Um, but, you know, they kind of build it as like the whole family. But I could see a lot of that being like, you know, mom taking the kids to the festival so dad can go do something else like go play golf or just sit around mow the I lawn will, or something I like that to, um i will tend to sometimes like if i see something cool like uh like a different iowa state shirt or a hat or something i'll send that over to caitlin you know and say hey just you know in case you're thinking about father's day or whatever because typically then she'll relay that to stacy and then her and her you know and the boys yeah. will and what I don't know, I think I sent her like four things this year. And she was like, are you fucking serious? She's like, why are you always sending me this stuff? She's like, and some of it was like really expensive, like a Blackstone. <laughs> She's like, you can't be serious. It's like, what? I, I'm just saying, if in case mom asks, that's what I would like. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, a flat, uh, flat top would be great. Um, but yeah, right? I, I could see her... Uh, I can see Caitlin rolling her eyes quite hard at that one. Yeah. Uh, like a poor um, college student. Yeah, I mean, Not for, for me... She's going to be gone that weekend. She's going to some wedding in Missouri. Oh, well then, yeah, see? So she owes me. <laughs> for me, honestly, you know, if I can just, you know, hopefully the weather is nice. If I can grill a steak, you know, throw a steak on the grill and sit around on the porch with with a beer uh and relax while lily does her thing watch her ride her bike or whatever then um you know i i think that would be a, a pretty good day for me too that sounds like a good day so as, as a kid did you do things for father's day for your dad uh sometimes uh i would never buy him anything because he would always just guess it anyways <laughs> um, but yeah, we would sometimes, uh, I would, maybe we'd go out to dinner. I'd take him out to dinner or we would, and my dad was not much of a griller. Like he wasn't that type of guy. He didn't, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't think that I ever saw him fire up a barbecue and, and barbecue something or whatever else, but we would go over and have dinner or whatever. And we used to play cards a lot as a family. We would always play cards, play poker, stuff like that. So we did things like that, but not a lot. Um, I think I made him one year. The, probably the best thing that I ever did was I made him. Uh, this was when uh, Microsoft had just come out with like the little movie maker software where you could throw the photos in and add some music or whatever. Oh, sure. And I had made him one of those with a bunch of old family photos and stuff of his dad and and then us and all the kids and stuff like that. And I remember showing it to him on a DVD player and I looked over and he was crying and I was like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I man, I, I struggle now. You know, my dad is retired. Uh and I think most of his hobbies involve annoying my mom. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, I don't I, I struggle now with, with, with what to get him. I mean, obviously I can get him anything Iowa State and he's going to be really, really thrilled uh with that. Uh, he likes going hiking, but like, there's no way I could ever pick out any type of hiking gear for him. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. 
I, I, I really wish my dad had more hobbies. I was worried that in retirement he was going to be bored, but he just goes on a ton of walks all the time, and I think that helps him. Um, I. It would be nice if there was something that I that that I knew. Oh, okay. Well, my dad likes this, or I can give him this experience, or those types of things. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm trying to plan. I'm trying to plan a, a a camping trip. Just he and I. Just do a father son camping trip here at some point. Um, we're gonna have to see how that goes. You know. How's that gonna go though? I mean, I I would imagine he's gonna have his way of wanting to do things, and you have a certain way of the way you're gonna want to do things, and. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be different. So my dad and I have done um, father son trips in the past. And my mom always says to us before we leave, um, be nice to each other. Make good memories (laughs) because she knows at some point we're going to end up arguing. Right. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, You know, we we had uh, one of my favorite father son trips that we ever took. Uh, My dad and I went. Uh, out to Colorado, we went whitewater rafting. Uh, we went on so many day hikes, and we were staying at a place that was a that uh, was across the parking lot from a pizza joint and a whiskey bar. And uh, so, you know, we'd get done from a day of whitewater rafting or whatever and then we'd go sit at the whiskey bar and sip whiskey and eat pizza and it was one of the, the greatest trips that i've ever been on with with my dad that was probably a trip that we we fought the least um i, I make it sound like we fought. we don't fight all the time we you know we enjoy no you're you're a father and a son you, you're gonna want to do your ways and he yeah. wants to do, i mean i i yeah. get it it, yeah. it makes um, because you're probably just alike yeah. Oh, yeah. No. That that's the thing is is we don't fight because of our differences. We fight because of the ways that we're the same. Right. Uh, absolutely. I. You know. We. 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 I'm very much my my father's son. We we look very very much alike. People have always said that I look you know very much like my dad. Um, I can grow a better beard than my dad. I'm just gonna put that out there. Um, <laughs> but. <Dang>. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, um. Yeah, you know, we want to do things differently, but we're both stubborn in the same ways when it comes to that stuff, you know. Uh, if I think my way is better and he thinks his way is better, we're not, we're going to struggle to find compromise. Um, so camp, well, camping will be different, though. So a lot of these trips we did when I was, you know, uh, a younger man, and my dad was a younger man, um, but, you know, when you're older, you have more health restrictions. You've got more, you know, limitations on what you can do physically. Uh, so, you know, I'm a I'm a tent camper. My dad's always been a tent camper, but he I can tell you the last time he actually camped in a tent. Uh, so that would be an interesting experience. So you know there's a part of me that wonders if i need to look into like renting an rv or something <laughs> like that or, uh, or something like that yeah yeah you know maybe that's it maybe we just we just vrbo a, a cabin somewhere with hiking trails and we just do that uh you know like i was i was looking for you know like you know 
I, I've got a battery and a power inverter if he needs, you know, electricity for things or, you know, stuff like what other things can I do? Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see how that that uh, that trip pans out together. I don't know that I'll get that planned in time for that to be his Father's Day gift, though. So I still have uh, a few days yet before I have to figure that out. <laughs> Uh, I think my dad went camping with me one time during scouts and it just happened to be the winter camp out. Oh, <laughs> which might be why he didn't never go camping again. The reason why he never went again. Yeah. <laughs> um, although we built one kick-ass Klondike sled that won the whole effing thing. Oh, that's cool. Pretty amazing. We built it in our basement. It was pretty cool. That's so, fun. Yeah. And he, you know, he did construction there for a while. So, um we built that fucker from scratch and and painted it in the basement and everything else it was just me and him that was one of the few projects we ever did together like that um uh that i i will always remember i mean he had those boards so slick on the snow that we took it out in the front yard with no hill and just kind of shoved it and it and it slid all the way across the front yard it was it was that legit it was pretty cool my dad and I, I, we didn't do anything like that. In Scouts, we did do, we built Pinewood Derby cars uh, a few times. Uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember one year um, that, uh, so they, they gave an award, you know, they gave different ribbons for like neatest design and, or, and then like fastest, right? Um, right? And there was one award that was just called best effort, which <laughs> I really felt was like the, Hey, your dad didn't help you with this. Did he? But my dad had helped me with the car. <laughs> and so, you know, I was happy. I got a ribbon at the time. And then as I got a little bit older, I was like, oh. shoot, my dad probably is like, <laughs> cause my dad is really handy uh, yeah. with a lot of that, that stuff. Uh, I mean, he doesn't anymore. He brought up when he was up a few weeks ago, he, he brought up uh, his table saw because uh, I don't have one and I need one and they're expensive as hell right now. Because uh, not only is lumber super expensive, but anyone trying to uh, save themselves a few bucks and and do DIY their stuff, uh, they're also running into everything else being super expensive. Yeah. So that's that's a fun, fun little side uh part of all of that but you know my dad is very handy with all of that stuff but uh i don't know if he and i would have been able to collaborate on something um like like a sled and, and not uh one of us end up angry or in tears that was usually that would usually happen when i was working for him but not necessarily uh, <laughs> Not necessarily because uh, because we we worked on a project together. It's usually at that that the yelling at me came later when I worked for him and 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 got a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and Pinewood Derby cars. I I had joined Scouts after that, but Josh and Jordan joined um, just in time for that, and I'm terrible at that stuff. So that was a good opportunity for me to go back to Stacy's dad, Gene who has this whole woodworking shop in his garage and man, he went to, he, it was great to be able to take the boys back and they got to use the 
the little bandsaw and 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 the sander and all that other stuff. So it was it was a lot of fun to watch the boys be able to do that. And Jordan, Jordan, I think won a trophy three years in a row, and Josh didn't, and that didn't go over very well. Oh, I can imagine. So, yeah, but you learn, you learn, and those are the lessons you learn, I guess. So. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, speaking of, of lessons, it's a common theme on here uh, that, you know, we talk about the lessons we've learned. We try to take those lessons we've learned and impart some sort of wisdom with it. Um, you've talked uh, a lot about some lessons that you've learned from Melvin, but um, you mentioned before we started that, that you were able to uh, – fish the family well for a, a few more stories so yeah yeah uh well i'm just gonna warn you <laughs> as my as my cousin debbie said i'm not sure how all of us aren't in therapy <laughs> he said my mom would be in prison for life without parole for the behavior modification that she gave us as kids <laughs> Do you know how many kids she traumatized? <laughs> think that she ran a daycare. That was her response. <laughs> which was my Aunt Lana, which if the only way I can describe my Aunt Lana is, is if you Google the picture of Ursula from uh, The Little Mermaid, her facial and hair, that would be my Aunt Lana. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and we would go visit her and she would be so mean to my dad. And in my eyes as a kid, my dad was, you know, this big, strong man. And I mean, she would just berate him, you know, jokingly, you know, they would just go back and forth at each other. And sure. I would cry all the time that we had to go to my Aunt Lana's house because she was so mean to my dad. <laughs> I was scared to death of my Aunt Lana. So this is, so. This is, this is your dad's sister? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, who's older? Uh... I believe my aunt Lana was okay. So that, that just emboldened yeah. her to, to be hard. Right. My dad had eight brothers and sisters. So when I'm a little fuzzy on the details, that's why. Oh yeah. My, my dad um, had seven brothers and sisters. Um, one of them I saw a couple of weeks ago at, at my niece and nephew's high school graduation. Um, but I, at one point, I knew the birth order for all of them, but that has since gotten replaced in my brain by sure. other information, for sure. Well, and it's unfortunate, too, because my, my dad lived in Des Moines. Um, most of my my aunts and uncles lived in Omaha, with the exception of my other uncle, Carol, who lived in Des Moines. Um, so I wasn't really super close. I mean, we went to Omaha a few times to see my grandma and and some of my aunts and uncles, like my Aunt Lana and my Aunt Joyce, but like my Uncle Ron, who I swear looks just like my dad. Um, I didn't see him very often mm -hmm. for a reason. Um, I'm close now through Facebook and, and, and some occasional family gatherings with some of my cousins, but um, yeah, that's... Uh, and as a matter of fact, my cousin Harry just moved into Norwalk. So, uh, oh, there you go. So that's super cool. But yeah, there was no shortage of life lessons or crazy stories. Um, 
As a matter of fact, if you hear the, the, the computer ding, it's probably because one of my cousins from Omaha is now answering another question from last night. <laughs> At one point I said I was going to bed and there might be another 50 messages in here after that. So <laughs> uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so you tell me what deep end of the pool you want to dive in first and we'll go from there. Um, I, I don't know, man. What, what, so what were these questions that you asked? So but what I asked them was, I asked my sisters and then I asked my cousins, um, what are some of the um, maybe life lessons or things like that, that dad or your parents kind of gave you? Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give the two off the top of my head that I remember. And then maybe we can go through some of the other ones. Sure, sure. The first one is, um, I had a girlfriend one time, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, my dad asked me, he said, let me ask you a question. He said, are you prepared to look at that girl from across the breakfast table every morning? And I was like, what? what? I, I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> and he's like, do you want to get up every morning and look at her across from the breakfast table? Because if you don't, I suggest that maybe you keep it in your pants. That's very sound advice. It's very sound advice. Uh, delivered with the tact that I, I have come to expect from these stories. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, that was, uh, and there's no shortage of, of um, crude, you know, there's much better way. Like, I can't see myself saying to the boys that now we can have a conversation, right? And they're going to be moving into their apartment for college and so on. And then we're going to have to have another discussion about consequences or whatever. But I just can't imagine me pulling out that phrase. Now, I don't know if it was just because he, you know, I don't know, he grew up on the east side and that was just how he um communicated you know what i mean it was blunt yeah. and to the point and you know and i'm sure my mom was over there going oh for fuck's sake <laughs> and rubbing her temples and going jesus but well, you know it's funny you bring this up i was talking with someone the other day asking them if their parents ever gave them the talk right with quotes around them the proverbial sure. talk and i don't remember my dad ever so much is attempting to give me that talk. Um, I, it, it probably would have gone nothing like like that eloquence uh, that you got, but uh, um, yeah, I I I don't know how I'd handle it. I'm I'm very glad that I don't have a boy. I'll tell you that much. I don't know. I think being a boy and having a boy is a lot easier than a girl. <laughs> well, oh no i mean in a lot of other ways yeah you're absolutely right but i mean that in particular having the talk i think i i would be terrible and probably cause more damage than good yeah well speaking of damage the other one that i have is have you ever heard the story of the old bull and the young bull on top of the hill i don't i don't think i have old bull Young bull standing on top of the hill looking down at the pasture and there's a bunch of cows down there. Young bull says, hey, let's run down the hill and fuck one of those cows. 
The old bull laughs and goes, you're so stupid. We need to walk down there and then we can fuck them all. <laughs> that is how he explained to me how to approach life. Sure. Right? You look a little flabbergasted. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think I get the, I think I get it. Get it. Um, uh, <laughs> but I think I would be so shocked by, you know, just stunned by, by that, that I don't know that, uh, it, it would have had the same impact. Okay. So first impression, when you hear the gist of that story, what do you think it means? Uh, the idea that if you, uh, go too gung-ho or too fast, you're going to burn out quickly rather than, uh, you know, being more deliberate with your actions and being able to, uh, to, to not flame out so quickly. Yeah. I mean, the metaphor is to take your time and, and, and don't miss the bigger picture. Yeah. Don't rush into decisions. Don't rush into ideas. Don't don't singularly focus on one particular thing. Right. I mean, that was my dad used shock value, I think, a lot of times to, to, to kind of knock it into your head. But for me, that was always something that I, I don't remember, you know, I remember the story, but I remember more of the lesson of taking a deep breath and and focusing on all aspects of a decision. What is the best course of action? What can happen here? You know, I, I used to sometimes get really angry at him because he wouldn't make a decision right away mm -hmm. and not realizing that he was thinking four or five steps down the road in case this happened or that happened or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Caitlin and I were having the conversation today yesterday. She was talking about, credit cards and whether or not she should get a credit card and start building her credit. And instantly those types of things, I think of the, the advice that dad gave me, right? Well, yeah, you, you do need to build your credit, but those should be things that you don't, you know, they're only for an emergency, you know, maybe build your credit by, you put maybe one tank of gas or two tanks of gas a month on it. And that's all you're putting on it. And then you pay it off every month. Yeah. Things like that. <clears throat> but you know you don't go out and get a uh i almost said a yonkers credit card but there is no more yonkers anymore but <laughs> how old i am i was gonna um, say I, I you know yonkers wasn't you know isn't a thing up here um i don't think i would have i i would have even battered an eye if you would have said yonkers because i'd still just identify that as a department store yeah it was it was you don't go out and get, you know, a store credit card or a charge account there or something like that. That's that's not what you want to do. It's so easy then to go in there and go, oh, well, I'll buy this and I'll buy this sweatshirt and I'll buy this or whatever. It's it's just, it's too easy to do those types of things. Yeah, for sure. And unfortunately, I, I, I made some bad choices when it came to that kind of stuff. And, and, um, and I paid for it for a long time. But, you know, that's when you kind of hope in your kids that you instill in your kids stuff that you made the mistake of, and then you don't, you hope that they don't make the same mistake. 
Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> it's funny because I, in some ways, my my parents um, were so conservative about things like money. Um, you know, just different life choices that, in some ways, I learned that right i have a really good credit score i'm not saying that to brag i'm saying because i learned very quickly you know or you know before i even got a, my first credit card don't spend money you don't have right um right so i i've been very lucky in that now you know i'm broke as shit with a great credit score so you know does that get me anything <laughs> i was <laughs> sorry this is a side tangent but i have to go down here sometimes you see like these memes on twitter where they're like which would you really have which would you rather have like a credit score over 650 or, or like twenty thousand dollars and everyone's like oh i'd rather have the credit score i'm like if you have twenty thousand dollars tax-free you'll get that credit score right <laughs> but get but having that credit score doesn't give you that cash like i don't understand why people are, are what magic they think a great credit score gives them uh, you know if you're looking to buy a house or you know get financing on a car absolutely that that means but if i have twenty thousand dollars i can just buy that car outright without needing the financing so yeah yeah anyway um i but I think in some ways, because my parents didn't make a whole lot of mistakes, in some ways now I am making mistakes because there was never a lesson there for me to learn from. It's kind of that right. catch-22. Uh, you know, I, my parents are, are retired and they're well, way better. Well, there's a lot of reasons why they're way better off in retirement than I'm going to be at retirement. Um, you know, the, the, the cost of my college was, uh, a, a larger percentage than theirs was compared to, you know, you know, the value of a dollar at the time housing is a billion times or there's a lot of other reasons where why my retirement isn't going to be nearly as 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 good as theirs but they have set themselves up really well where um i don't know man it, it it's weird how sometimes having examples of mistakes is just as valuable or if not more valuable than people who did it the right way well, my dad always used to say it was hard for me because my, I don't know, I can't remember a time growing up. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Let me put it this way. My parents never were very well off financially. Mm -hmm. Now, as a kid, I didn't know that. Sure. Right. They were very good about, I, I don't, I mean, sure. I didn't always have the latest, greatest, you know, style of clothes or, or what have you, but um you know every year i went to summer camp every year i went you know i was able to go play baseball or or whatever I, I don't know how my parents paid for it but somehow that worked out even though i know now they didn't have a lot of money um so credit cards and things like that i i, I just never had much conversation with them because my parents didn't have them mm -hmm. so i can remember my parent my mom every year for school clothes we'd have to put our clothes on at layaway yeah you know, and for all you young people that don't know what layaway is, 
you'd go to the store and pick out what you want. And then they'd put it behind the customer service counter and hold it for you. And you'd go in every couple of weeks and make a payment on it. And then it was paid off. Then you got the stuff. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I guess I, I hadn't even thought about the fact that stores, well, it's because every store has their own credit card now. So they don't. Right. Right. And they're going to make way more money off of that credit card than they were on, on the layaway program. Right. Yep. Um, uh, I hadn't even thought about the fact that layaway isn't a thing anymore. No, that was every year we'd go maybe June mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and go pick out clothes. And then by start of school, my mom would have them paid off and crossed her fingers that I didn't grow. <laughs> which is, months, which was entirely possible the way I ate. Well, I mean, it's, it grew. it's I mean, the no. way kids grow in general, it's amazing. Uh, you know, my, my daughter is not, I'm not a, a, a tall person by any stretch of the imagination. Um, my daughter is probably like 30th percentile on a lot of things, but even just to see how fast she grows on some things. Uh, yeah, three months is a, is, is a lifetime uh, on some of that stuff. Yeah, but that was just how they did it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what else? What what other? Uh... The other piece of advice I got this from my sister, and I and I vaguely remember my dad saying this, but he used to always say, "The best thing that you can do for your children is to love their mother." Mm-hmm. Now he clearly was never divorced. Yeah. So I'm not sure how that applies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you understand the concept, right? You're, I, you're teaching your children how to treat your spouse. I think is a big deal. I, I I think I think it's 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 a huge deal, and it's been something that's been tricky for me in in divorce because it's something that I I that's that's advice that I had heard. Uh, my dad said something very similar. Um. Uh, when I was a kid and, and it's something that that um, I've now had to figure out what that looks like in divorce uh, you know sure. no longer ro- a romantic love but still uh, still a love for my my daughter's mom that um is supportive and makes her feel supported, I guess. Right. Yep. Uh, and that's not necessarily an easy, easy thing to figure out, but I do, I, I still very much believe in that advice. Um, but yeah, it is, it is different <laughs> coming from someone who was not divorced to, to, you know, be able to kind of say, share that same message. But I, I think the message is still important. Right. Yeah. From, I mean, being remarried has helped me see how to treat Stacy in a much better way than what I maybe treated my first wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I would sometimes, and maybe we've, I've talked about this before, but I would, I would sometimes make jokes at my first wife's expense, not mean, but just, you know how a husband makes a joke about a wife, right? Yeah. It's just it's completely innocent. 
but I would do those things. And now when I feel compelled to sometimes do that, I hold back and don't do it because I hold Stacy in such a high reverence that it feels foreign to me to do that. Sure. And then in turn, I hope that the kids see the kind of pedestal and the kind of reverence that I give their mother. Mm-hmm. Does that, you know what I mean? Oh, no, absolutely. And there are plenty of times where I, the boys and I are, the boys are a good example. Uh, I will hear, um, you know, the boys will come downstairs and say, uh, they'll see somebody on TV or whatever, and they'll make a comment or something like that. And I'll be like, hey, you ever hear me say that about your mom? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Okay, well, then I don't need, you know, is that really appropriate that you should say that about a woman? Hmm. I mean, and we we grew up in an era too, where though where every sitcom trope was uh, uh, about a, a man complaining about his wife. Like every comedian, yeah. every stand-up comedian, every, every sitcom kind of had all that stuff. So, uh, you know, it felt more natural to us. So now the fact that you've made that shift is 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 uh, commendable for sure. I mean, I don't necessarily get the same benefit of the doubt. Caitlin and Stacy, it's like open season on me around here sometimes. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is funny because, you know, I, I, I grew up where a lot of my friends, the way we bonded was, was giving each other a hard time. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where I, from an outsider's perspective, the way some of my friends and I talk to each other almost sounds mean. Um, but that's not what it is. That's the way that we've bonded. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's the way you treat everyone, right? Because I right. also don't talk to my mom that way. Uh, right. Right. Oh, and, and one-on-one, Stacy and I might have those fun bantering conversations or whatever, right? Sure. But not... I, I tend to not do it now to other people at her expense. Yeah. Yeah. That's and 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 previously I did. Mm-hmm. Now there are still times where the girls don't exactly have the best relationship with their mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on them and their mom. Yep. But there are still plenty of times where I will hear one of them say something or whatever, and I'll be like, listen, I you know. I, I don't, I'm not comfortable with you saying this or saying that about your mom or you, that's just not, you need to have a little bit more respect or you need to, you know, yeah, without getting into too deep. Yeah. Cause God knows if she listens, I don't, I, I'm sure she doesn't. <laughs> if she did, she'd hate me anyway. So. <laughs> I guess I should just say it, but, oh. um, but those, I mean, still, you still just try to, to at least instill in them to have a little bit more respect and so on, even though in my mind, I understand why there might be tension there. Sure. Sure. Right. Sure. Cause God knows I divorced her. Yeah. For a reason. Yeah. No, I, I think that's an in, in, interesting advice. I had always said that I wanted to be the type of husband that my dad is to my, to uh, my mom. Um, I, it is, um, so I w- was giving my, my dad a, a little bit of, a, of grief, um, 
earlier about not having hobbies. <laughs> um, uh, but those two have always been each other's best friends. Um, you know, the whole marriage vow of forsaking all others, uh, you know, for my parents, that wasn't about, you know, not, it wasn't just about not cheating on each other, but it was, you know, hey, we put each other first in, in kind of every way in the relationship type of thing. Not that my right. dad didn't have friends or do things with friends, but, you know, I, they were, it was very clear that, that they were each other's best friends. And I, you know, mm -hmm. I think, you know, when I look at my marriage and, and where that failed, that we started to build uh, two different lives to the point where that was no longer the case. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, it's easy, easy to see that in, in retrospect for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the, the advice of, of, uh, you know, loving, loving their mom is the most important thing that he can do. I, I, I totally understand that. But uh, what, what, what other types of, of wisdom, I guess, did you glean from family? Oh, let's move on to. So my, my cousin, Tanya, uh, who my uncle Ron was, was her dad. Um, when my dad walked me down the aisle, he gave me my hand to my then husband and said, I'm giving her to you. Don't give her back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, uh, the other day had heard, uh, somebody was interviewing uh chris rock and adam sandler and because they, they both had girls and said are, are you what are you guys going to be like i don't know what the context was uh for a wedding and and chris Rock is like it's going to be easy i'm going to be like she's yours now <laughs> <laughs> so when i heard that clearly you know my i'm sure my uncle ron was joking and, and was trying to make a, a joke or whatever but if you think about that in terms of real advice, there's so many, I think, you know, I don't, how long were your parents married? How long have your parents been married, Tim? Oh, uh, boy, I should know this right off the top of my head. Um, close to 50 years. Yeah, my parents celebrated their 50 year anniversary in like 2009, I mm -hmm. think. So, and dad died one or two years later. Um, Stacy's parents were married, I'm sure, close to 50 years. Uh, her mother just passed away shortly before I met her. Um, there wasn't a lot of divorce uh, because people worked it out and they worked through their problems and, and, and through their issues and, and things like that. Um, some of those problems can't be worked out and that totally makes sense um i mean I, I, all three of my sisters and myself have all been are in uh second or, or third marriages um I, I think most of my cousins other than a few are probably in um you know at least their second marriage uh, there's a few that are still married to their first spouse but 
it's, I think it's so easy to quit and to, to give up on those things and, and to move on and see and, and not try to work those things out. Yeah. I, I remember a time my dad, and, and again, I, all these stories run together. So I may have told this story before. My parents were arguing one time. This was after my dad had finally gotten his own business and was just starting to make a lot of money and was starting to get, you know, they had a nice house and they had some nice cars and they were, they were um, financially a lot better. And I remember my, um, they were, man, they were fighting about something. I can't even remember what it was. I came home. I think I was like a freshman in college. And I don't care how old you are. If your parents are arguing, you could be 30 and it's uncomfortable. For Oh, for sure. Right. And I'll never forget. I heard my mom, my dad go, well, if you don't fucking like it, we can just get divorced. And my mom whipped around and said, you think I'm fucking leaving now when we got all this money and all this nice shit? You're fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's what, I mean, I, I don't think that's what he meant, but taking that, I think that's what you can apply it to. Right. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, it's, it is different, you know, and you're right. That generation doesn't see a ton of that. Now, now my mom does have two brothers that have been divorced. My, my dad has two sisters that have been divorced. Um, but that happened much later in life for them. I mean, my parents were already married 20 some years when, when I think, you know, some of those had happened and they still haven't, you know, figured out how to process my divorce. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, just the idea of, hey, this is work, right? Like, marriage isn't just, um, it's great, and on your wedding day, you're so in love and all that stuff. I, I think, you know, at that time, too, it was just like a reminder of, hey, this is work, and this isn't always going to be easy. And so what you're, what you're signing up for here isn't just to, to, uh, be in love with each other every day, but it's to work to be in love. Um, I, I think I, communication is a big part of that. There, I, I can remember a lot of times in my first marriage where I would be angry about something or whatever, and I just didn't want. I didn't even want to discuss it, or I didn't want to have a conversation, or I would let it fester, or I would let it build up into this or that or whatever. Whereas now, I, I think sometimes Stacy sometimes will ask me what's the matter or whatever, and I'll kind of want to fall back into that. And then I'll be like, no, I just, you know, and, I, and I'll preface by saying, listen, I know that it may not dawn on you, or I, I realize that I might be taking this the wrong way, but this is how I feel. And I just want to, I just want to get it out there so that we can have a conversation about it as opposed to letting it fester and fester and fester. And then three days later, I'm blowing up over something so insignificant, which would happen a lot for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, and that kind of leads into, um, so my cousin Scott had said our grandfather, um, Cecil, my grandmother's second husband, my, my grandfather passed away and then she married Cecil. And on my my cousin Scott's wedding day, 
Cecil asked him, uh, said, are you happy today? Scott said, yes, why? And he said, well, just remember that feeling when life gets hard, when you're mad at each other, remember how happy you are today and why you're here. Never go to bed or leave the house without telling her you love her. And my dad used to say something similar. He always used to say, never go to bed angry. Yeah, you know, I've thought I've thought about that, about the advice of never go to bed angry. And there's a part of me that 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 agrees with a piece of that, but there's a part of me uh, that feels like um, uh, my alternative advice would be sometimes you need to sleep on it <laughs> because sometimes you're not in the right state to work something out. Right. Right. And or you're, or you're going, yeah, okay, let's make up and get it over with, but it's not really resolved. It's not, yeah, it's not resolved. Right. And, yeah. and cause some of those things like don't go to bed fuming mad. Um, but even if you stay up all night long, you're not going to resolve them. So I think having the wisdom to know when to sleep on it so that you can address it with a cooler head in the morning or, you know, whenever. Um, so the sentiment I agree with, and I think, you know, don't, don't go to bed when you're all upset and hating, remind yourself why you love this person. Um, but don't just shove things under the rug because you resolved it with quotes, uh, right. rather than actually resolved an issue because it, it, some of that stuff you know, you mentioned the letting things fester. Some of those things, that's how things fester. Yeah. Right? As you moved past them, but you didn't ever, you didn't really move past them. You just you didn't, you didn't resolve it. Yeah. You just decided not to talk about it anymore. Yeah, exactly. And then you know, next thing you know, it comes up two years later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I mean, I, I still have dreams where, where uh, shit comes up. You know, I wake up from a dream. I'm like, boy, that's something I need to talk to my therapist about. I, I thought I had moved on from that, but obviously <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I like that. I, I, I've sometimes wondered if I ever had to give divorce, like marriage advice as a divorce guy, what I would say. And then that was one of those things that I would say is you've often heard, don't go to bed angry. And uh, I'd say my caveat is no one to sleep on it. Listen, uh, one of the best things, I, I mean, I don't quite understand. I, I understand why they do it. I don't quite understand. I don't think, let's back up. When I got divorced from Tracy, um, and then I'm, I'm, when I met Stacy, before Stacy and I got married, I became Catholic and went through the RCAA in the, in, in the Catholic conversion. To get married in the Catholic church, we both had to get our, our, previous marriages annulled. Mm -hmm. Part of that annulment process is to sit down and write out your previous marriage and what went wrong. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to Father Ludwig and I was like, what if they, you know, what if, what, what happens with this process? And he says, one, well, one of two things will happen because they ask your, they ask your ex-spouse to write about the marriage as well. Ooh. Right. So, That's and he, he said, one of the two things happens. You write your version of the story 
and she writes hers and they are completely different. And then they look at it and go, yeah, these two were not on the same page at all ever. <laughs> or you both wrote the same thing and they look at it and go, yeah, they were both right on spot that it, that it wasn't going to work. Yeah. And I was like, well, why do they do it then? And he said, it helps you understand what you did wrong and where you can be improve and where your responsibilities lie in the failure of the marriage. And when you sit down and you write that out, you become brutally honest because at that point, who are you, who are you trying to fool? Yeah. Right? I don't know these people that are going to read this. I'll, I'll never meet them. Yeah. It's not like I'm feeding a version to my friends to make myself look good so that my friends will like me better than her. Mm -hmm. Or the coworkers or the people that I work with because I have to look at them every day and talk to them each day. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that's what helps. That, that helped me tremendously look at the kind of husband that I was and go, yeah, there were faults on her part. But there were a lot of faults on my part, too. And if I want this next marriage to work, I need to fix those. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's... I mean, I, I think whenever you go through any type of traumatic change, you have to take time to take stock of... of well, I don't want to say why, because I, I, I don't want... I don't want to impart some sort of purpose on things happening. Um, sometimes, sometimes even, you know, full on belief that everything happens for a reason. Sometimes that gets to be, can throw you down a rabbit hole. When you believe everything happens for a reason and you can't make sense of why something happened, uh, that can spin you up even more. So I don't want to say, you know, the purpose of why things happened, but how things happened, I think, uh, is important to take stock of. Yeah. You know, why and how sometimes are often very different questions to, to, to answer. So um, that's interesting. I had no, you know, I, I did not grow up Catholic. I don't, I did not. Maybe there was a Catholic church in our town. I honestly don't even remember. When you're in small town Iowa, it's pretty much all Lutheran churches with like a smattering of Methodists in there. Depends on what part of Iowa you're from. Stacy's Stacy's part of, of of Harlan and that place. There were well, yeah, Harlan is very Catholic. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, that's true. I know. If I hear one more thing about the parish picnics and how you could get ripped drunk at a parish picnic and not ever get any experience, then I'm really going to be upset. <laughs> we talk every year about going back to the parish picnic, so I don't know. At some point, we're going to have to do it just so I can see this amazing thing. <laughs> Um, so did you get any kind of interesting stories or anything you hadn't heard when, when you talked with, with your family? <laughs> well, I'll tell you one story I have heard, um, because this is actually a pretty, pretty neat story. So my mom, uh, always called my dad, honey. She, that was her term of endearment for my dad. The oldest grandson, uh, the firstborn grandson, Rudy, I mean, pretty much grew up at grandma and grandpa's house. I mean, they, he was there all the time. Now, Rudy is 
seven years younger than I was. So, I mean, we were both kind of kids when, uh, I mean, you know, anytime I wanted McDonald's, I would just tell Rudy, hey, go tell grandma and grandpa you want McDonald's. I mean, that was like a golden ticket. Oh, Rudy wants to go to McDonald's? Sweet, we're going. If I'd have went in there, they'd be like, you know, we fucking going in there. <laughs> so, uh, Rudy started calling my dad, honey, not grandpa. <laughs> honey. Um, well, every grandkid since then, that was my dad's name, was honey. They, all the, all... There's two sets of grandkids, right? Sure. There's Rudy and um, Dusty, who, um, Lindsay, geez, Jesse, Travis, and Nick. God, I almost forgot Nick. I just saw him two weeks ago. Anyways, um, and they all called him Honey. And then they got older, and then that's when... Uh, Taylor and Caitlin came around, came along, um, and Taylor and Caitlin called him Papa. And then Joshua and Jordan came along, and they didn't know my, they, they didn't get to be with my dad for very long. Sure. Um, but they ended up calling him Grandpa Nine Toes because by the time that had happened, he had had a toe cut off, mm -hmm. and he used to show it to him all the time. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> <laughs> so they just called him Grandpa Nine Toes. That's what they called him. Oh, uh, that's funny. But it got to the point where everything was honey. That was what they had called him. And when um, the kids would call him that in front of other people, they'd be like, what the hell is that? And then you'd have to tell the whole story over and over again. To the point where my grandpa or my brother-in-law one time called him honey in the middle of Payless Cashways because he is so used to calling that all the kids were calling that. And they were all looking at him like, what is this? What are these two dudes doing? Um, yeah, there's that story. Uh, I will tell you, um, my cousin Scott. So my, these are now crazy stories. So my, um, cousin Scott had came and worked with my dad, uh, at the, uh, Anamosa prison down in, um, is that Monticello? Is that where that prison's at down there? Mitchellville, maybe one, I don't know. It was one of the prisons down in Southern Iowa. Mm -hmm. And my dad was installing uh, vertical blinds. Sure. And um, they were walking through the, um, through the hallway or whatever in front of the inmates or whatever. And my dad turned around and started blowing kisses to Scott and acting like he was going to make out with him. Because <laughs> Scott's like, you knock that shit off right now. In here. <laughs> <That's not cool. laughs> my dad used to torment my cousin Scott all the time. Um, to the point where Scott told me this, here's now where we're getting into the therapy where the kids need therapy. They once uh, faked, let me find the story. Holy, sorry. They once faked running out of gas in the car. My dad, we had lived on a farm down outside of Milo. Sure. Iowa and um they had faked ran out of gas and my aunt Lon or my aunt Joyce who was Scott's mom and my dad told the kids to wait in the car they were going to walk down to the house um to get gas 
but to be careful because there were Indians around and that the Indians might come around. So if there were Indians that came around and make sure they locked the door. Oh my goodness. And I, I, I didn't ask him how old they were, but they were clearly not old enough to realize that they were full of shit. And they left them there for like a half an hour and then came back dressed as Indians and scared the holy living shit out of them. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it, it, um... Did you ever watch Arrested Development? No. Oh, uh, because George Bluth Sr. used to hire this guy uh, to scare the kids to teach them lessons. Like, uh, you know, like, hey, someone called and you forgot to leave a note, and then it would be this elaborate thing where they hit somebody and the, you know, the guy loses an arm and then the kids are all screaming because it's a big traumatic thing. And then the guy turns around and looks at him and says, that's why you always leave a note. Uh, <laughs> like that's what that story sounds like to me um well they my, when my dad lived on that farm he took them all out snipe hunting too i'm sure you've done oh, you've oh been for sure so oh, me okay. I, I went as well but i whined so much because it was such a long walk that my dad got tired of me bitching about it so he took me back to the house and, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yet again my laziness came back to save me so Oh, so that's the lesson that you're going to, to impart for your that's kids. Lesson, right. Well, <laughs> no, it's worked around here because God knows I can't get Caitlin to motherfucking lock. <laughs> but. Oh, that's funny. There, there was some, I mean, there's just a lot of fun memories of, of my, my dad. I, I, one of the, I think one of the things that has really resonated with me as old as old as old as I am now is um, when he did start getting a little bit into money, and he um, I remember one year he adopted a family to give Christmas presents to, mm -hmm. and he had me take it all over there, and I asked him why he wouldn't want to come and just drop them off, and he was adamant that he didn't want any recognition for it whatsoever. Yeah. Um. And. I always now kind of think back to that of uh, when I was teaching prep and things like that at church about giving of yourself or whatever, that you do those things kind of without fanfare sure, and without a pat on the back. Now I struggle with that sometimes because I do run that, that college scholarship thing. Yep. And part of me doing that, I have to be so open about it. So that I can get people to help me sure. help other people. You know what I mean? But there's so a difference between I struggle with that. There's a difference between working for exposure and working, you know, working for exposure for your cause and working for exposure for yourself. And right. the, the minute you start to feel too proud of yourself, you're you've crossed the line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, but that's just something that's always kind of stuck with me. Um uh, is my dad would open his house to probably every one of my cousins that I talked to last night has probably stayed at my parents' house at one point or another because they needed help or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was I was thinking about kind of how like 
never too proud of himself that my dad has been over the years. Uh, the only time he, he is really proud of himself is when he tells a really bad dad joke. And then he sits there with a smirk of pride on his face because he knows it was a, a uh, an especially bad one. Um, and he can't help but be really proud of himself for that because of the reaction that he got from all of us. Um, uh, you know, my dad was always very active on the church board and the library board and all these, you know, JCs, all of these things growing up, that, you know, things I couldn't imagine myself even participating in um, because he wanted to give back to a community in a way that I, I admit I have not done uh, as well as I, I should. Um, you know, and, you know, some of the, I, I've mentioned on here before that my parents are kind of, you know, they're doing this story worth thing. So it's kind of pseudo writing their memoirs type of thing. Uh, and, and even in that, I see that my dad struggles to, to maybe uh, tell the, tell the breadth of some of these stories. Um, I get more when I, when I sit and, and talk with him. Um, have, have I mentioned on here about how my dad, uh, uh, was suspected of, of smuggling drugs across the Iron Curtain. Have I mentioned this? No. <laughs> okay, so this was a story that I did not uh, hear all when I was a kid. So my, I, I'm trying to think of how old I was, maybe third grade or something like this. My, so my dad worked for Pioneer, and he worked in the microbial genetics division. He, he was like plant and production manager for, for that division, and uh they he and a few people from the company and a translator were going over to europe uh to visit several plants uh over there where uh, like inoculants to be put in silage uh were were being produced and so they were in they were in germany they were in in west germany and for whatever reason my dad was sent over to a plant in Hungary. So this is before the, the fall of the, of the, you know, the wall, before the curtain came down. Um, and, and so they had, so they sent my dad over to Hungary and for whatever reason, he did not go with a translator. And he had to uh, help them understand what type of crush they needed to have on these inoculants. So it was just a white powder. And so he had a um, a baggie of like a sample, and it wasn't even actually inoculants. I think he said it was like limestone crushed to the same crush level or whatever. Hmm. So he he had that, um, and so he went over to do this all by himself. So my dad is is in his thirties. Uh, my dad is definitely a uh someone who grew up in a monoglot culture he speaks one language my, my dad when he went to mexico kept on confusing uh gracias and por favor so he's not he's, he's not adept at languages right and so for whatever reason his company sent him by himself uh <laughs> over to to hungary to show them the the proper uh you know, coarseness for, for the, the inoculants that they were producing there. And as he was flying back, uh, 
he could he can't remember if it was uh east german guards or west german guards but either way he was coming from hungary with a bag of white powder in his bag uh so he had machine guns pulled on him and a bunch of shouting in in german that my dad didn't speak a lick of um and he said i thought for sure i was going to prison i thought this is it i'm going to be in a german prison i don't know what i'm going to do you know this was way before cell phones you know he had zero way to contact anybody from his work from any you know anything uh he didn't speak the language he didn't have a translator i said so what did you do he said i didn't know what to do i cut it open i stuck my finger in it and i and i licked the sample hoping that that would communicate to them that it wasn't drugs <laughs> um they like took apart his walkman like they like tore through his luggage they you know, broke things they they did all of this stuff uh I, and then eventually apparently the fact that he didn't have any other drugs and it was only a, well he didn't have any drugs in the first place and he and he apparently they bought it and he was able to go without any further incident um uh, i I'm like, I, you know, I was like, so did you have to change your pants? Because he's like, I, I was certain I was going to prison in a country where I didn't speak the language. Man. And I get it. Since he was flying from Hungary, it might have been East Germany even when this happened. You know, so it might have been in an East German prison. Not that a West German prison was going to be much better, but at least that I, was. It was I, behind the Iron Curtain, that's for sure. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I, but I. You know, to hear him tell this story, he does he doesn't really give a whole lot of details. You have to ask a lot of of questions, you know. Sure. If that happened to me, I would I would have you know minute have, details. Yeah, I would have everything. I would be telling all these things. I would I would use accents, I would do all of these things, and that's just not the way that my my dad is. I mean, I think part of it is because it was such a scary time for him. Like I I can't believe that my dad got back finally and met up with the rest of his team and didn't quit on the spot. Cause I think I would, <laughs> I think I'd be like, screw this. I did not right? sign up for this. I can't believe you guys sent me alone into hostile territory without a translator or anyone else to vouch for me. Uh, crazy. I, I'm out of here. I nearly went to, uh, uh, an East German prison. I don't need the, I had guns pulled. I had, multiple soldiers with machine guns pointed right at me man that's insane um yeah uh but you know that's not that's not how my my dad is his i don't want to say that i don't have a work ethic but like his work ethic and my work ethic are very different because i think uh you know part of my dad's retirement is a pension there's no such thing as a pension anymore Right. Uh, right. Um, people love to complain about how much people job hop and all, and, and all of that these days, but why be loyal to a company that isn't loyal to you? Right. So my, my attitude towards yeah. companies and jobs is very different than, than my dad's, you know, he, he you know, he, my dad had probably 
he probably worked for five different companies through my lifetime, which is way more than 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 I think he wanted to. Some of that is because companies closed and he and he couldn't do anything about that, um, right? Uh, or companies got bought out, or you know things like that. Uh, you know, my dad is very much. If, if my dad would have gotten started out his career with the job that he that he finished it with, he probably would have been in that job his entire time. Um, yeah. I, so you know, hearing this story again, yeah, I would have been like, I would have quit on the squad. I can't believe you, you went through this, but my dad doesn't even like talk about that. Like you have to like pull those details uh, out of him. And so it's been interesting to see him as he answers some of these questions. Cause I'm starting to get at least a hint at some of more of these things. And so I'm not getting all the details that I was hoping to when we got him this, this gift. Um, but I'm at least getting things that I can now have conversations with that, you know, I mentioned my dad and I would go on father son trips. We never talked about those things. My dad didn't like talking about that stuff. Yeah. Um, but my dad has lived a lot more fascinating life than I think I, I ever understood as a kid in small town, Iowa. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. That was- that was one of the benefits of being able to work with my dad every day, hand in hand out was I, we got really close and I got to know the kind of man he was and how much he had changed over the years. I mean, there was uh, my dad's past and some of the things that he did were, were not exactly, I mean, they weren't criminal, but they weren't exactly honest. If I would have done them as his kid, he would have been disappointed. Sure. That way. Sure. Sure. Um, as he got older, he, he regretted a lot of those things or whatever. I remember him always telling me when his dad died, which I always thought was weird until he passed away. Um, he said, I, I sat at my dad's funeral and thought to myself, he should have, I mean, he, he would say he should have beat me harder or he should have beat me more often. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't quite understand what he meant. But as I got older and then after dad passed away, I think what he meant was not necessarily beat, but dad should have not been as much of a pain in the ass to him as he was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and And I look back at that and think there are so many things that I could have done better as his son um to make his life a lot easier right his aggravation a lot easier things like that that being said if you were to ask him he would be immensely proud of his kids and wouldn't want you to feel that way right does that make sense oh oh absolutely that's, I, that's I, the father you know um i i feel regularly like i um have let my father down by not he doesn't ever express this way he doesn't feel this way no but me personally i feel like i've let my my father down by not being a better father or husband or whatever um by not you know not just you know by how much i complained as a kid or how much i even complain now as an adult or, or whatever you know my my parents worked so hard to make sure that my life was easier and better than theirs was. 
Um, but since I didn't know any better, I took that all for granted. And, and the older I've gotten and the more I've learned that, um, you know, I, I have a lot of, I wish I would have, it's, it's tricky. You want your, you want better for your kids and, you know, you can tell them, Oh, you know, I had it so much harder as a kid. You can, you can do all of that stuff, you know, and it, eventually it turns into a walking up hill, both ways to and from school type of thing. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think, you know, I appreciated enough as a kid what my dad did. Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of, I won't, I won't say regret, but there's a lot of things that I wish that I could tell him now of that, um, that he was right about. That old song, my old man got a hell of a lot smarter with each passing day kind of a deal. Um, I mean, that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Because you don't you don't listen when you're younger or or whatever else. But uh, now I there were a lot. My sisters will tell you that I was spoiled rotten. Um, I on the other hand would like to point out that no, I just decided to listen to my parents and not betray what they wanted me to do. <laughs> there'd be a lot of times I'd be like, "Is this worth the ass beating I could get if I get caught?" No, this one's not worth it. And there wasn't a lot of them that were. <laughs> sure. You know? So uh, no, it it it's funny you, you uh talk about that because I always threaten uh to my friend that I'm gonna teach his kid how to sing cats in the cradle. So whenever uh <laughs> so th that his kid knows how to guilt trip him. <laughs> I thought that would be a good idea that like whenever whenever you know my my friend has too much kind of on his plate and his kid wants to do anything that if, if the kid just starts singing cats in the cradle, um, <laughs> <laughs> he'll feel immensely guilty. So, um, it, you know, I, I'm a father my, myself, so no one gets to teach my daughter that cause that's not fair. Right. That, that would, right. that's not fair. Yeah. That would, that would break me, but it, it would be fun. <laughs> well, hi. Uh... Last last episode when Sean was on, we asked him a question, and I thought it might be fun to go. This should be like the question we ask every guest that we have on the podcast is, um, how do you measure success? And by that measurement, who is the most successful person that you know? Mm -hmm. So I decided to ask my family this question about dad or their parents so to my sisters they all were pretty much in agreement and i'll summarize here um the dad would say his grade that that you measure success by being able to pay your bills and take care of your family um but he always wanted to do so much more than that so and and my sister Jackie said that his great he would measure his greatest success by by the success of his children and how his children were everything to him and sacrificed everything for his kids. And my sister Kim said that 
she believed that he would say a successful person is a person who has the love of family and togetherness and the money to take care of family needs and that they work hard to get there, that that would be successful. So based off of those types of things, I, I think we're, we're all in agreement that he is probably the most successful person that we know based off of that definition. Um, I asked my cousins kind of the same thing. And it's funny because again, my dad obviously grew up with his brothers and sisters, but for a number of years, they were not, um, they were not close by any, I mean, they, we just weren't proximity wise close. Um, and sorry, I'm trying to find it here, but it's mostly, they talked a lot about um, contributing to society and it doesn't matter what you do or how much money you have to contribute and to be happy. Success does not always mean having a big house or money, being happy and raising your kids to be happy and respectful is a success. Mm -hmm. So it's funny how those all seem to be kind of the same basic area. Yeah. You know, um, my daughter started this week at a new summer program. And all I'm hearing from the staff is how amazing she is because she is kind and helpful and polite. Um, and I couldn't be prouder of her. Um, and I think I started to realize that I'm not, uh, I, I think I, I get some of the ways that my dad was and felt about me. My dad has always said that the thing he's most proud of is, is his three kids, that they're good people. Um, it always makes me feel guilty because then I don't feel like I'm a good person. But um, my daughter is, and what I've learned is I don't – I'm proud of her because she's figured out how to be a good person, and I don't know it, – it, it's not a selfish thing for me. I, it's not like, hey, look at what a good job I'm raising of a good daughter. It's right. a look at how, how lucky I, I am to have an amazing daughter. Um, who treats people kind and is, is nice. And I tell her that all the time, um, you know, because people talk about how, how she's, she's cute. She is a very ad adorable kid. And I was like, but what I really like is that you treat other people um, kind and that, you're, that you help others. Um, and boy, she is just taking that, you know, the number, like she came home for the first day and she said, I made so many new friends today. Uh, I said, well, what are their names? She said, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to her, anytime that she plays with someone new, they're a friend. And that is, right. that is awesome. So I, you know, um, I'm starting to feel more and more successful by the day, I guess, because I, I absolutely agree with that definition of success. And uh, this week has, has definitely felt like a big win for sure. Yeah. Uh, I can remember... I would be home or, or something and I, I'm, I'm on 
I was on Caitlin about something or, or Taylor, or I would be hard on the boys about something or whatever. And then, and, um, and I think to myself, man, they don't listen or they don't mind or, or whatever. And then they'd go somewhere, they'd go to a friend's house or whatever. And then, uh, you, you know, you'd ask the parents, how were things, whatever. Oh, they were just, they just hung out and they were so friendly and they were polite and they asked this and you're like, and, it, and I would say, you know what, I guess if they're aliens at home, but if they go outside of this house and they treat people right and they, they make good choices and, and people come back and tell me how good they are, that's all I care about. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That they're, they're getting it, you know, and, and there are as a, as a father of, of, I, I, I've said this a hundred times. There's no playbook whatsoever to being a parent. I'm, I'm never going to be a parent of a 26-year-old or a 25-year-old until it happens. Yeah, right. And then once the other kids get there, I'll have a little bit more experience. But there's always still going to be those first. Oh, yeah. And and I will just say, I, I've not talked about Taylor lately um, because she's kind of been off my radar because she up and left her program and moved to Mississippi uh, with her girlfriend. And I'm struggling a lot with that because I don't know what else to do for her. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm just going to have to let her be an adult. And But part of that is also, I don't feel like I have to bail her out anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm struggling this, this last, month or so with that because i miss talking to her mm-hmm. um and she has called me every couple days but tim i haven't been able to talk to her because i i know if i talk to her i'll lose my temper mm-hmm. so i just don't talk to her and as bad as that sounds it makes me feel better because i don't want to lose my temper and i don't want to yell and scream because it's not going to do any good it's not going to change her mind and the damage is already done. Um, so I kind of feel like a shitty father for that. Because what kind of a person doesn't talk to their own kid? Uh, but I don't know what else to do because I've done everything else. And maybe a, lo- a huge dose of I'm pissed off and I don't want to talk to you right now is the only option I got anymore. I think one of the hardest things for me to learn as a kid uh, and then has been hard for me to, to relearn as a parent is that some of the most important decisions my parents made for me and about me, I had no idea about. Um, or they had reasons for decisions that I questioned that they couldn't ever talk to me about. Um, sometimes, you know, being a parent means making a decision that isn't going to be well received, but you're making the right decision. And that's That's what makes this so freaking tough. The only decision that I can make is the one that I feel is right at the time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, doesn't mean that I don't feel guilty. Doesn't mean that I don't fear that something bad is going to happen to her. And if it does, it'll be my fault because I'll never convince myself that it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I, I know that if I, if something goes wrong down there and she has to come home, I've resolved to my fact that I have to tell her, you're going to have to figure it out because the last conversation you told me was, is that you were done with me. You didn't want me to meddle in your life anymore. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then whatever shit you get into, you're going to have to figure out because dad's not going to be here the rest of your life. I'm not. Um, that being said, if, if, if something does tragically happen and I'm not saying that it is, I don't, I mean, I'm just, you know, as a dad, you go to the worst case scenario, then nothing will ever console me to the fact that I should have made a different decision and that tragic thing probably wouldn't happen. So, but none of that is changing my mind because I know just pulling her out again and, and saving her isn't going to help her in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really hard, it's super hard. Um, and I, and I do feel bad and I do feel guilty, but that's kind of where I'm at with that right now. And she, she called the other day and she was like, she, she still talks to Stacy and, and, and is like, well, dad won't talk to me. And I really want to talk to him because I miss him and father's day is coming up. Okay. Well, but you didn't have any problem just blowing me off and moving four states away because out of a program that was helping you because you were tired of following the rules. I mean, I don't know. That's, I just, those are the times where I wish Melvin was here so I could at least talk to dad. Because I don't know what the answer is. Like you said, that there's, there's, there's no manual. Um, and even if there was, the rules would change. You'd have to get updated every 30 seconds. <laughs> I'm in that Microsoft beta version of fatherhood right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? There, there has to be a, a software update all the right? time. Yeah, exactly. No, it's patch Thursday. Let's reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, absolutely uh well any other thoughts um any other kind of lessons or or any other way to you know you kind of want to put a bow on things here enjoy your family let's have a nice it's gonna be a nice weekend on father's day um that's i mean that's kind of it we've got some exciting stuff coming up i think so we're going to gear up for for sports here it's going to be a little lull in the summer but i thought maybe we could bring on some old guests that we had before for get ready for football season uh brent curvey said he'd be willing to come back on and shout out to brent he just got hired on as a defensive line coach at waukee high school here so really well that's cool super cool um gonna see if we can get uh, george uh, on uh, and maybe preview a little basketball, George Condit, and 
and Marcus and get Marcus Pfizer back on. I think he'd be open for it. And uh, and uh, Sergeant Paul Parizic, I think, is going to come back on. Uh, we're going to try to make it a little more lighthearted this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah. There's, there's, there's always something going on. So it would be nice to be able to, to have a, a good conversation with him where it doesn't get so, so heavy. But I do, I did really appreciate his, his frankness um, and his sincerity uh, in that episode. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I look forward to that as well. And tweeted out the photos. I got my, uh, we got our old man swag. Uh, old man strength t-shirts and hoodies in stock so that link is pinned to the top of our old man strength twitter page if you want to order and there's some photos there and some cool stuff although i ordered i ordered four shirts and uh went and picked them up today and the one that i'm wearing was supposed to be stacy's and she's <laughs> a large and it's a 3xl and i called my buddy chad and i was like uh if I give my wife this 3XL shirt, she's going to be pissed at me. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I noticed the mistake. He's like, just that one. I'll, I'll, I'll print up another one for her. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, no, I am excited. I have not gotten mine, mine yet, but um, yeah, please go ahead and check us out on Twitter at strength underscore old. Uh, you can view that that pen tweet to to see how to order them in uh, a variety of uh, colors that are no way a trademark infringement infringement on anyone, but might just also happen to be available in colors of your favorite Iowa University. Um, I, think I ordered one of those to be fair and balanced. I do <laughs> a tank top. I can show my guns uh or or whatever i mean i i wore a tank top the other day and i was like what am i doing wearing a tank top it was just it was like 98 degrees i, I want like this was a compromise i wanted to be topless but I, I man i remember as a kid whenever my dad would take his shirt off when it was really hot and i was like i was so embarrassed by it so i no one needs no one needs to see this so i had to cover I, it by something but maybe i should just stay require dude I <laughs> so not attractive for me to take my shirt off yeah well sleeveless um, or tank though do you wear a sleeveless shirt or a tank top i the ones i have are full-on tank i like sleeveless shirts they look a little bit better but you know they're a baggier fit there's something about not exposing my shoulders like shows the shoulders aren't what make my my shirtless body look unappealing but for whatever reason, <laughs> yeah. when you cover the shoulders, it just feels like you're, you know, that Leave much more dressed. Like you're going to go play basketball. You're going to go play right. a pickup yeah. game of basketball. But yeah, the full on tank, because, you know, it's usually a little wider around the neck and and it just shows off how pasty I am. And, and for whatever reason, it always fits in a way that, that reminds me uh, how much weight I need to lose. But um yeah, you're killing me over here. <laughs> but no, so please go and check us out once again. That is strength underscore old. You can find Chris at SciGrad SciDad on Twitter. You can find me at Tim Johnson MN. 
please, please give us uh, any questions, feedback, discussion, ideas, guest ideas, anything like that. We love to hear it. Um, you can also please go ahead and check out the Tailgate Society at the thetailgatesociety.com. Got a, a lot more content that's going to be coming out here soon. Uh, we got uh, you know some fun stuff going on for the summer. Um, maybe the return of, of drunk dialing evening. Uh, so uh, more things to come. And again, uh, deadeyebbq.com to, to get your deadeye barbecue sauce. I need, to, I need to order some. I mentioned grilling on, on Father's Day. Uh, I am all out and I need to replenish. So uh, what flavor did you have? Mango. Oh, yeah, that one is so good. That's my favorite. Yeah, how can you not? So, nope, so. Yeah, so yeah, once again, uh, please download, like, rate, subscribe, all of that good stuff. We have a Spotify playlist, too. Caitlin created a, a Spotify playlist just for our episodes. So that is also on our Twitter page. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah, that's right. Out, uh, once they, once those come out. So, uh, so you can find all our episodes right there on Spotify. Excellent. Uh, well, Chris, anything else? No, I'm going to, I'm going to have another drink and then uh, get up in the morning, go work out. So I can wear that, that tank. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have another drink, uh, pretend like I'm going to get up and work out and then I'm not going to do that. So, uh, uh, you got me beat there. I'm, I'm impressed by that. But uh, you have yourself a wonderful Father's Day, Chris. As always, great to, to chat with you. You too. Happy Father's Day to you and your dad. Well, thank you very much. So once again, this has been Old Man Strength, and we will see you guys next time. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners Just to try to get some supper in our hands Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest Green bloody murder until someone understands That it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women I make this noise just because I can And we'll all join in